What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost in Lifting Talk. Yesterday, I got on social media and I posted up that I'm going to be doing a Q&A today. So that is what is on the agenda. I've got a few questions here, five or six questions that we're going to hop deeply into, have a conversation, help some of you guys out inside of your journeys with the questions that you have about your training and nutrition and go from there. But before we get into that, I just want to tell all of you, thank you so much for the support that you've been giving the podcast over the last little while. Um, as I've brought on guests over the last couple of weeks, and I've got one scheduled again for tomorrow, it's gotten to be this podcast has turned into something that I'm enjoying more and more and I'm super excited about. So for all of you that are leaving reviews down below, leaving written reviews, who are sharing it to um, your social medias, putting it on your your stories and tagging me and whatnot, I really, really do appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. It, it means the world to me to be able to do this and have people listening on the other side and hopefully benefiting in one way or another. So um, I'm just super thankful. It's something that I'm really enjoying. And at the first of this year, my one New Year's resolution, my one goal was to network more. And for the first part of this whole year, that was something that I didn't do a ton of. I was really, I was failing at that goal. I was, I was kind of trying, but as more of an introverted type of guy, it's hard for me to put myself out there and network with a lot of different people. And this podcast gives me an excuse to be able to bring others on and, and whatnot and create those types of networks and do that type of stuff that just on my own, I have a really hard time doing. So this gives me that excuse or that outlet to go out and make that sort of thing happen in a more natural way for me anyway. So so that's all I've got. I just want to say thank you. It really does mean a lot. I'm enjoying the crap out of doing this. So I hope you guys are enjoying listening too. But without further ado, let's just hop into these questions. Question number one comes from Hannah. She says, the use of BFR bands for muscle growth, question mark. So BFR stands for blood flow restriction. So all that these BFR bands are, are bands of of whatnot there's different products different types of bands that you can buy to cut off the blood flow restriction at your limbs so either at your your arm or at your leg and then the theory is you can go train those muscles while you're cutting off the blood flow in that area so that you pump more and more blood into those muscles so that the blood can't flow out of those muscles so you get these huge pumps from from training with bfr bands so there's a lot of stuff going around right now. It seems like it's coming back. BFR training has been around for a really, really long time. And there is some dangers to it. You can't, obviously, you don't want to cut off the blood flow to certain areas of your body for a really long amount of time. So training this way for maybe 15, 25 minutes a session isn't the worst thing in the world. But to think of BFR training as a better way of training compared to not using them and being able to use more weight. So when you're using BFR bands, you have to, you're not as strong. You have to use a lot less weight. So for somebody that has bad joints, they can't use a lot of weight because they have bad joints or else they're just looking for a more advanced approach because they've pushed strength so far that maybe it's time to try something else to pump a lot of blood in to cause hypertrophic effects to the muscle. Using these types of tools is not a bad thing at all. I mean, BFR training could be great, but to think that BFR training is going to be better than traditional training for the normal person who's looking to put on muscle and has a lot of room to be able to put on muscle, absolutely not. I would always 
recommend that you just train normally. You train to gain strength. So if you're doing curls, if you're curling 20s this week for reps of 10, next week hopefully you're curling 25s for reps of 10, or else you're curling 20 pounds again for reps of 11, and you're always just looking for that progression. That's where um, the most amount of muscle growth is going to come from. Once you get to a point where let's say you have really bad joints or else you're just at a point where you can't push any more strength, you have a really, really hard time making any progress, adding in something like BFR bands might be something that could be beneficial. But to look at it and think for people that aren't trying to push strength, aren't looking to progress in the gym, and they just want to come in and put on these BFR bands and think that blood flow restriction training is going to cause the most amount of muscle for them is ludicrous. It's 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 people trying to sell these bands at a high dollar and put a ton of value behind it to justify the high dollar that they're trying to sell them for. I've seen these products, these BFR bands go for as high as $500. You can buy them. And back in the day, I've bought, I have a pair of BFR bands that I bought for $15 and it does the exact same thing. These, these expensive ones are just a little bit more comfortable and they, they take these researches and they cherry pick them to make it look like BFR band training is the absolute best. When in reality, it's just a tool that you can use for advanced trainees, older trainees that, like I said, have problems with joints and, and whatnot, taking this sort of approach to pump more blood into the muscle might be better. And if you have an injury. So if you're injured in your shoulder, I did this once when I had a, a shoulder injury on the front of my delt and I wanted to work side delts still. So what I would do is I put on these uh, blood flow restriction bands and I would do side lateral raises um, with really light weight so it didn't aggravate my shoulder, but I was able to bump a pump a lot of blood into my shoulder still. So in certain situations like that, absolutely, I think that it can be a great tool. But to rely on it and think that this type of training is better than traditional training, absolutely not. There, not, there are no magic pills. Whenever somebody says this is, this is the solution, you should be training like this, buy this product, and you're going to, to finally get the results that you wanted, I would just make sure your bullshit detector is very high because chances are that they're just looking to add value to something that's really not that valuable to, to get you to be able to buy it at a higher price. So that is my opinion on BFR. It's something that can be very valuable as in sense as a tool in your toolbox, but relying on it as the end-all be-all or the thing that's going to fix all of your problems, absolutely not. Question number two comes from Jaden. He says, how do you adjust macros to fit the holidays? Less carbs, less cows overall? Question mark. So leading into the holidays, it really just depends, and it depends on the individual and what their goals are. Generally, what I'll do the day of and what I'll recommend for clients as well is the day of the holiday. So let's say like Thanksgiving is coming up, Christmas is coming up. On Thanksgiving, am I going to track and be mindful um, of my calories? No. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm with my family. There's a lot of really good food around. I'm just going to enjoy the day and not worry about it. But... Um, for certain individuals and for myself, what I will do is through the morning, and I, I suggest this not just for certain individuals, really for most people, it's going to be smart to, so let's say you're going to have a huge meal in the afternoon. You're planning on having a huge Thanksgiving meal. So would it be smart to have a big breakfast going into that meal, or is that just going to be added calories to your day that aren't really necessary when you know this big meal is coming up? Absolutely not. So what I would suggest is is some intermittent type fasting on a day like that. Especially for myself, it works extremely well. I'll eat really light leading up into that meal. Now, for some people, they can't fast. It's just something that doesn't agree with their body. They feel like crap if they don't have any food in their system. So just be mindful and eat a little bit less the morning of 
um, the holiday and whatnot. And so you know that big meal is coming up. Just be a little bit more mindful and eat a little bit less leading into it. Drink more water. Uh, maybe just have like a protein source or two leading into the big meal and whatnot. And you're going to be just fine. For a little bit more advanced strategies and stuff that I've done for myself and with clients in the past as well is what we'll do leading into the holiday. The day before the holiday, we'll, we'll cut carbs really low. So carbs will stay really, really low the day before, the day of, so that when we cut carbs really low, I mean carbs and calories. When your carbs come down automatically, your calories are going to be a lot lower as well. So calories are a lot lower, lower the day of the holiday. You just eat, enjoy yourself, not really worry about it. And then the day after you can drop calories and carbs down again, really low to just kind of um, balance out the day of a lot of extra eating. So that over the three day span, it's not as big of a deal because you've You've taken calories from the day before and the day after and use a lot of those on the day of. So that's one strategy at the same time. That's the strategy that I tend to use a little bit or at least try to use and, and will implement with some clients. But at the end of the day, when the holidays come around, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Christmas Eve, enjoy yourself. Those those days come around once a year. You're not going to get fat or out of shape or lose all your progress from one day. Just like you're not going to get in shape or gain a bunch of progress from one day. It's a consistency thing. If you just want to eat normal leading into the holiday, eat a bunch on the holiday, and then get back at it after, you're going to be just fine. I wouldn't stress it that much. Now, there are certain, if you're in a, the middle of a, of a fat loss phase and you're looking to keep making progress, using a tool like eating a lot less the day before, um, enjoying yourself the day of, and then eating less the day after to kind of balance that out is something that can work great as well. I've used it, like I said, I've used it with clients and it can work. But it's really not that serious. If you're just in this as a lifestyle, you're trying to lose some weight, just eat normally the day of, enjoy yourself and get back track, back on track the day after. And I promise you, you're going to be 100% okay and you'll be able to make progress nonetheless. That one day might slow you down just a little bit, but in the grand scheme of things, it is not that big of a deal. Moving right along, question number three comes from Anthony. He asks, as an introvert, what was the hardest part of becoming a personal trainer? So for myself, it wasn't that hard to become a personal trainer because it was something that I was really passionate about. I am introverted big time. I'm, I'm not the greatest at putting myself out there, creating relationships, all that type of stuff. I'm really just okay in myself with just my select few group of people that I have around me and I'm 100% okay, absolutely. But when it came to personal training, it's something that, and nutrition coaching, it was something that I was super passionate about and something that lit me up and I was willing to be more uncomfortable with to go after. And I think that's the biggest thing. When you find something that you're really passionate about, you're more likely to take risks on that passion and get out of your comfort zone for it. That's why I think it's so important to if you're going to try to start your own business or work for yourself make sure it's something that you're extremely passionate about because it's going to be extremely extremely uncomfortable putting yourself out there to the world and to just in the public eye and especially if you're introverted it's just going to make you extremely uncomfortable so if you're not doing it with a drive or a purpose or a passion around it you're going to be far more likely to quit when it gets hard or just give up on the whole situation because it makes you extremely uncomfortable. Now, with that said, I still, the hardest part for me was just putting myself out there on social media. Like here now, I'm sitting here talking to this microphone and a bunch of people are going to listen to this. Inside, that gives me a little bit of anxiety. It kind of puts me on edge and makes me want to 
It just makes me uncomfortable in a certain sense. Put or talking into a camera that goes on Instagram that makes me uncomfortable. Now, that was the hardest part. It was getting comfortable being uncomfortable. It's always going to make me a little bit uncomfortable regardless, but just learning to accept that and deal with it instead of just letting that push me to the side and not try and not go after it, it was the hardest thing, but the the most important thing for me to just accept and understand. So that's what I would say, man, if that's the biggest thing, especially in today's age. Now, just personal training clients in person, like one-to-one, not as big of a deal. But if you're going to try to do it in an online space so that you can create a little bit more freedom, have a more flexible schedule so you're not always tied up in the gym um, doing one-on-one sessions, you've just got to understand that you're going to have to put yourself out there. You're going to have to let people um, in a little bit more, you're going to have to let your personality shine through. And those are all things that I still struggle with on the daily. Cause I'm very introverted. Like I said, I'm always having to talk myself into it and just making sure that when I'm in a good mood and I'm happy, I'm taking advantage of those times when I'm in a creative space and, and an outgoing, um, type mindset, I have to make sure that I'm taking advantage of those types of, um, feelings and emotions that I'm having during that time and using them to be on social media to, to create posts, to write, um, like for captions and do these types of podcasts and things like that are the biggest things to make sure that when I'm in that state of mind, I'm taking advantage of it. Cause a lot of the times as an introvert, like there's times where I just don't want to deal with anything on the outside. Like I just want to be by myself just thinking in my own head and I don't want to have to worry about putting myself out there. And so that would be my biggest thing. Hopefully that makes sense, man. Um, it looks like you're a personal trainer as well. And if you're, you, chances are you're probably introverted too, if you're asking that question, because that's why you're asking me that. So that would be my advice. Just make sure you're comfortable being uncomfortable with putting yourself out there, especially if you're, you're going to go into an online type of space to do it to where you have to market yourself to the masses. So hopefully that helps you, man. Question number four, I believe, comes from Jeff. He says, if I reach my calorie goal, but I'm short on protein, do I go over my calories to hit my protein? So here's how this works. This is a very, very common question, especially when I start working with people. Up front, they always are confused by this. What's most important? Calories, protein. What is it? Calories are most important. When it comes to your body composition, Calories determine if you lose or gain weight. Protein is there to help you recover from your training. It helps your muscles recover. It helps you build more lean tissue over time and things like that. But if the goal is fat loss, and primarily most of the people that I work with, their goal is fat loss, calories are the most important. So if you reach your calorie goal by the end of the day, but you haven't reached your protein goal, it's you've already reached your calories. You're out of energy intake to put into your body if, we've go- if we're going to keep you in that caloric deficit. So we would just stop. I wouldn't want you to go ahead and finish hitting your protein goal at the expense of going over your calorie goal. And for the first little while, if you're not used to counting protein, this is something that's definitely going to be a bit of a struggle. It's going to take you a while to be able to reach your calorie goal while hitting your protein goal at the same time. You might come up a little bit short for a little while and it's just plug and play. It's just finding the correct type of foods for yourself, the correct amount of protein in each meal to make sure that you're hitting that by the end of the day. With time, you'll understand and you'll learn what food speeding, like I said, to be able to hit that protein goal by the end of the day to make sure that you're holding on to all the lean mass that you have, you're recovering properly from your training sessions and you're potentially able to add a little bit of lean tissue to your frame. So as you lose fat, you're able to create more of a defined or toned look at the same time. But just understand that calories are at the top of the food chain. Calories depend 
your weight, not your weight, but they depend your body composition. If you're going to lose, gain, or maintain weight. If we're trying to lose weight, calories are most important. Protein comes number two because it's going to help you gain or retain lean tissue, like I already said, recover. And then from there, carbs and fats would be next, not things that most people really need to worry about that much up front, especially if you're new. Just focusing on calorie and focusing on protein is going to get you quite a ways down the road before you need to start implementing carbs and fats as well. That would be my answer is calories are first and foremost. If you're not hitting your protein, but you're at your calories, you're still done for the day. Next, The next day, try again. Just make sure that each meal, you're upping the amount of protein that you're eating. And a, a huge one for people is that when you're not focused on weight loss, you're just eating like a normal person. You're not focused about your nutrition, your, your health. A lot of the times when you eat, you're not putting protein in every single meal. You're grabbing a bag of chips or this. When you start to focus on this and become more mindful and you start tracking calories and tracking protein, you realize how important it is that every time you eat, regardless if it's a meal or if it's a snack, whatever it is, that there's protein inside of of whatever it is you're, that you're eating every time that you put it in your mouth. If, if you just grab like a small bag of chips and eat it, that's going to up your calories for the day, but you're not, you're not gaining traction on that protein goal either. So you start to understand that every time you eat, how important it is that you're including some sort of protein source in every single meal and or snack. That's something that I really, really push with clients is becoming aware that every time you're eating something, you've got to make sure that there's some sort of protein source included in that meal as well. So, so yeah, hopefully that helps you out, Jeff. All right, guys, the final question that I'm going to answer for the day is what do you think of CBD oil? Now, I am somebody that struggles with anxiety and different things like that a little bit. And so I have used CBD oil in the past quite a bit. And from my experience with it, it has really, really helped. I just take these little drops, put them underneath your tongue, let it sit there and kind of um, resolve in your mouth. And what I found from it is that it, it really has helped me in the past. Now, I'm not using it every single day. I was for a while, but I don't like to get dependent on different things. I'm weird that way. But I just don't like to always have to use something day in and day out. I just rather sit in how I am in my natural state and figure my stuff out on my own. But with that said, I think CBD oil is a great thing. I've, I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. I don't know how much actual scientific research is out and proven on it yet. But from my experience, as far as anxiety and whatnot, it, has, it really did help quite a bit when I had it. It just gives you kind of this like, not even like a calming. It just chills you out in a, in a weird way. It's not like an actual high. You're definitely not high like you would be if you were like to go smoke weed or something like that. It's nothing like that. It's just, it really just does this weird thing that just kind of chills you out. And I've seen, heard a lot of really good stuff about CBD lotions and ointments and stuff to be able to put on joints that hurt really bad. And, and it seems to help out a lot of people out there. So if you have those types of issues, if you struggle with anxiety really bad, or if you have bad joints or, or things like that, where you can use the lotions and whatnot, I think that there might be some merit to it. I don't know if it's placebo. I don't know if it was placebo for me, if it's placebo for everybody else that's using it or if there's legitimate research behind it. Like I said, I don't think there's a ton of research out on it yet. I think the CBD industry has boomed and they're making a ton of money, but I think a lot of that is because the product is actually doing what it says it's supposed to do and it's actually helping a lot of people. So that's what I think about it. And I really don't have that much more of an opinion. 
All right, guys, that is going to wrap up the Q&A portion of today's episode. Again, I thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, listening to what I have to say, regardless if you're on a walk, doing cardio, in your car, or just at home chilling and you're listening to LNL talk. I really am appreciative. With that said, if you haven't left a review down below, I would really appreciate it if you go down below Leave a star review. If you have the time, leave a written review. It would really help. I'm not asking for a five-star review. Just give me the review that you think the episode or that the podcast deserves. If you'd like to take it a step further, you can always screenshot this episode, share it on your story, tag me, and I will repost it on my story as well. And personally, thank you for listening to the podcast. I do have an, a guest coming on tomorrow, so expect the next episode to be with another coach in the industry. I hope you guys have enjoyed the guests I've brought on in the past. I have been getting a lot of messages and whatnot asking to bring on Clara, my wife, and I do plan on doing that. I know I said a while back that I was going to bring her on, and honestly, we just haven't made it work. With the baby here and, and everything, it's hard for us to find time together to be able to sit down and record a podcast, especially because we don't get to spend a, a ton of time with with each other. And so the last thing that we want to do when we have a couple hours a week just to, to chill with us is podcast. But that's not an excuse. We are going to make it happen. I'm going to keep bringing on other guests, other coaches in the industry. If you have anybody that you feel I should bring on and could have a, a good conversation with that would benefit the listeners, benefit you from from hearing, please shoot me a message. Let me know who that person is. And I'm more than happy to reach out and get others on the podcast that you guys would like to hear from as well. So don't be shy. Get a hold of me down below. There's always links below for you to be able to email me. There's the link to my Instagram where you can go there and DM me. And then there's also links. I've got free resources down there as well. There's a link to the macro starter kit that will help you. I'll It'll walk you through the exact setup to setting up your calories, setting up your protein, setting up your carbs and fats, gives you a bunch of different meal ideas. I, there's recipe books inside of there. It's called the Macro Starter Kit. It's just a free resource that I give to everyone to help you get started with flexible dieting, understanding calories, understanding macros, understanding what types of foods are going to be best for you to be able to hit your targets day in and day out so that you can start making real progress inside of your nutrition without having to restrict carbs, restrict sugars, and, and just restrict food groups altogether. It helps you learn how to balance all foods in moderation and still be able to hit your goals. So that's something that's down there. Please go download that. That will really help a lot of you, especially if you're a beginner, um, you're a little bit confused just on flexible dieting and calories and macros. That explains everything for you perfectly. So you really should go down that, download that because it will benefit you greatly. Again, I appreciate you guys. Have an amazing rest of your day and I'll talk with you soon.